I don't remember them ever taking the other rental boat back. <laughs> I don't think they ever did. What did they do with it? <laughs> forgot to tell them. They forgot to write in that they returned it. They never see the boat owner again. Oh my god. <laughs> don't worry. We'll buy tackle this time. We'll return it. And they don't. <laughs> it's 2018 and everyone gets a podcast. Mine is the Hardy Boys Drink Book. Each week I sit down with creative and hilarious people to talk about a book in the Hardy Boys Mystery Series. Then we have one of our favorite local bartenders mix us up a custom cocktail to sip while we read. Today I'm joined by paleontologist Patrick Sullivan. And for drinks, we're going to the Lowry Beer Garden to sit around with some of our past hosts and talk about our favorite memories from the last year of the podcast. Travel down to the Deep South, get involved in a land dispute, and assume that what is clearly a man in a rubber costume is an underwater sea monster in The Hardy Boys Drink Book Number 14, The Hidden Harbor Mystery, Part 2, featuring Patrick Sullivan. All right, so the... Where were we? They so see this yeah, note. locked in a room. They see the note, and the, the note flutters up. Right. And uh, it gets caught on the fire escape outside the building. Right. Or Which the, is outside their window or something? Yeah, there's like a fire escape this for some reason. This is where I was outside trying to this. make uh, use of the illustration they provided. It doesn't help. Because that looks like they're outside of like a New York or something. Like, what are these... What is no, he grabbing not, on to? They're not... Right. What is he hanging on to? Because it's not fire escapes. They're like two... Like, there are, there are two different balconies that have metal railings around them. Yeah. And they're going to swing from one balcony, aerialist style. Oh. With so the, the one with the note on it. Yeah, to the one that has the note on but it. This is all what? Like, they, they didn't try to draw more windows. This is, on the on the picture, looks like it's four feet off the ground. But yeah, I, exactly. I imagine they, they there's probably down. another set of windows down there, so probably, like, 15 feet. Yeah, so they he grabs... Uh, Frank's legs, Joe does, <laughs> and Frank swings, and Joe swings on the end of his legs to to grab or hook his legs on the other, which I'm like, well, now Frank is left on that other side, right? But they're all doing it just to get this white paper, and I just keep, I wrote, uh, let's see, a swift gust of wind carried the white square upwards, spiraled directly towards the boys. I wrote, no. And then it says, uh, <laughs> wait, why'd you write no? Because that that did that wouldn't happen. Why would that happen? And then they do this whole swinging thing, and they land on the balcony, and they say, just as he stepped to safety, a fresh gust of wind whirled the white paper upward and away. Yeah. And I wrote, no, no, no. Like, why would this have only? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I, I, they do get it eventually. Do know that um, gusts of wind can carry note note paper. That's true. I have seen that. So it was just two poorly timed gusts. I I don't suspect foul. I didn't really suspect foul play in this. in, in the this encounter, this was probably the least. I don't know. This whole twenty pages, I'm just like, okay, get the note. Get, then, get him, just then learn. Chet, who's been waiting down this passage, just comes around. And he's like, hey, I got tired of waiting in that passage. What are you two doing up there? And yeah. we're, we're locked out of the house now. It's like I'll find a key in five seconds. And so he walks Boom. up to the door, looks under the mat, under gets the key. mat. <laughs> and I was like, that whole thing was uh, pointless. This is a mansion. Don't keep your key under the mat. <laughs> There's one key to the whole house. They, they, like, cha- they chase. They, 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 they chase give it. Chase. They all hold three of us standing on each other's shoulders. Oh, yeah. They all stand on each other's shoulders like a human ladder to climb up to the ledge towards the edge of a, of a tree where the note is caught. Mm-hmm. But and there's no there's no gust this time. There's no, no. There's no third gust. They get it. The human ladder collapsed. The Hardys breaking their fall by somersaulting. They're circus performers now. Yeah. 
Yeah, they've they've done like a a, a double swing, you know, with the yeah. full strength of a of a, of a Cirque du Soleil actor. And, yeah, and, um, and now they do a, a, a and solid now they do a somersault combo. while falling, which yeah. you need to like kick off something to do a somersault. So they, I'm they just, I was trying to imagine the physics of that because I did also write that down that yeah they um, <laughs> they somersault while falling, which is some like you know amazing stuff. Some D twenty levels. <laughs> yeah. You think that <laughs> keep that in, but that's just my thoughts, you know. Uh, no, you'd think that if you tried as you were falling through the air to be like, "I'll hit the ground and do a somersault," you'd roll onto your back and then you'd like just hit the ground oh, real yeah. hard. I think what probably happens is they both hit the ground and they like turned it into it, like they yeah, were, as they hit the ground, they're like. Oh. I, thought, I thought they like did a backflip midair and were like, uh, uh. and so what I just did there, Ta-da. listeners, is I like threw my hands in the air. Yeah, he put his hands in the air. Well, like the sound he made was duh, <laughs> and so I think that conveys. Yeah, it's a stuck clear. landing sound. The note just says. Side of an Indian village. And then, yeah. and there's a house. It's like a, a map of the Rand property with a pond and a swamp like, behind it. Give the government. Like, repatriation will be a thing in another 20 years. Just yeah. like, let them handle that. <laughs> yeah, they, it, Professor Rand has no interest in that. He just wants to, he wants state university, just some state university, to fund his archaeological site. And money is what he wants they money sent him, for They the, sent him a letter our... saying, it says they have no funds for excavation of the site indicated without more proof that something of archaeological value exists. Right. But no, I imagine him, he does a lot of like stab the pick as hard as he can into the dirt and then pull up the dirt and see and, what and he at broke. At this point, it's, it's pretty clear he's been looking for a while. Right. Um, but not. But not hard. Not hard. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, look, I just wanted the money first and then I was going to look. Yeah. But why? So this was a big this was a big thing for me. So okay. Rand was running away with with a notepad. The ancient Indian village was marked on the map on the things he was carrying, but he doesn't know that there's an ancient Indian village there yet because he hasn't found it, found it yet. I just but don't it was know on where... the note that he had. Yeah. So because he seems kind of clueless about the whole thing it being there or not, but they got this their only lead about it being there from him. And then he seems surprised when they later tell him. I just I was kind of confused about the whole like, who knew first kind of thing. But they do see a guy digging around the pond, and they think it must be Professor Rand. Oh, this is later. And uh, no, this is like right after they find the note. After tucking the papers in his pocket, Frank led the way toward the pond. Then they spot a tall figure digging, stooping to examine the spade. That must be Professor Rand. Joe yeah, whispered. So they just, again, run after him. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he says, Frank's like, let's go get him. That and worked before. Let's. Frank no... actually holds him back. And yeah, Joe's like, right. what's the matter? We've been trying to catch up with him for days. And he's like, it's not the right time. Oh, he's doing yeah. his best to hide his activities so besides wise. dodging us. And we're like, it took you this many tries I know. for that to stick out to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it took one... I'd say negative experience. Like a knife fight. Or, or like a fun house. <laughs> a fun house where a woman almost had a stroke. Yeah, and then he, they learned from their mistakes for the first time in, uh, what is this, 12? Book 12? Book 12. Yeah. Yep. They're finally learning a lesson. They um, they decide to go to the library because mm-hmm. that's where you research things. Well, they go to the library. They tell Chet to go find food. <laughs> yeah, they say, Chet, go get some food. We're going to go to the library. That would be what? Meal, that's meal seven. Frank has another idea. Because they said, why don't we trail Blackstone? Why don't we trail Mr. Cutter? Let's follow one of the people involved with this. And he's like, no, I have a different idea. I think we ought to look for Hidden Harbor from the air. Yeah. We'll which, have a... Um, yeah, that's... Isn't that they've, great? They've gone in airplanes before, right? And only like... Lots of times. 10% of the time has it not resulted in some sort of crash Yeah, landing. it's rare enough that on bingo, one of the bingo squares is a plane ride where nothing happens. Because it's rare. The chances are pretty slim. So they go... Yeah, okay. He's like, uh, what do you do for a plane? Should yeah, I, I engage Al West? I started that. I started with Al West and with a plane. I wrote, this plane um, is going to fucking crash. 
Yep. I, I wrote that down in the book. But Al West, I think, is in... Bay, oh, is it one of the pilots from Bayport? No. He's not... The, I mean, he isn't. He isn't. He is from Bayport, but isn't he the one who uh, saved them by with a seaplane? Oh, that's right. So he must it already, just happened to be a pilot. They yeah, already knew. Yeah. yeah, but they're flying the plane, and all of a sudden, the plane just for some minutes the ship gained altitude. Then, without warning, it lurched violently to port side and nose down. Which, at this point, like without warning, is is I, I, it's hard to believe. You know, yeah, like, exactly. They're getting in a plane, and they're like okay like don't check anything before we go let's yeah. go <laughs> let's just go now uh, because clearly they didn't check there's something really obvious right that was broken but then yeah well al west said it's a controller error later but he's just <laughs> passed out they're like what's wrong and they're like al west is unconscious <laughs> and then joe screams good night in acceptance of their death like he screams good night you know <laughs> like the good night what kind of last words are those like Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was. A, he he yelled the second line here. Good night, Joe. Good night, yelled. Joe. Yell. Then he just like when his eyes glazed over and he went limp. Like this was this was it for him. <laughs> so, um, they don't know why Al is passed out all of a sudden. Um, I was like, was he poisoned? No, well, he's a pilot, out... so he can't handle any sort of change in altitude. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> he. I, I guess what turned out it happens is that when the plane dipped, he bonked his head real hard on the window and passed out. <laughs> you think so? That's, That's so what sad. it says. It oh. says. Um, don't take the Hardy Boys around. Frank was thrown against the pilot, who slammed sideways into the cockpit window. Holy shit. Uh, Frank has to fly the airplane, which in an earlier book, he's like, I can't fly an airplane. I was like, just try. You're probably going to be fine. Yeah. And he does do a pretty good job. But Al does wake up in time to, like, land the plane. Yeah. Also, and then he says it was control failure, which makes it, was it sound failure. like Something it was Something really it. clearly wrong with it. Yeah. I liked that when they were describing how the plane was crashing, Franklin Dixon used a really great use, use of analogy, which is... Um, sweat stood out on his, his forehead as the wooded swamp beneath them seemed to rush upward. It seemed uh, to. It seemed to. So so the ground was getting closer. So that's a really good analogy is that the ground r- was seeming to rush upward. I just like didn't like how that was phrased. I was like, well, of course. Because yeah, because you're crashing <laughs> towards crashing the, ground. the ground. The ground is rushing upwards towards your position. Yeah, it's all relative. The stabilizer cable was cut. Sabotage, Joe exclaimed. Stabilizer cable. Yeah, so he's like, I'll just fix the stabilizer cable real quick. And then get back in the plane. They do. They get back in the plane <laughs> right as he's fixed the damage. Which, Al brought out his toolkit and they quickly fixed the say, damage like, cable. When they climbed out, shaken by their close brush with death, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, here's your trouble. And then let's fix it and get back up there. All right. Let's get wow. back up in the air. Yeah. And, of um, course, um, you know, uh, weather channels and weather reports don't exist at this point. Mm-hmm. So they just go back up there without. But he does look the at the dark clouds and say, storm's coming up. I guess uh, we still have time to look around before it hits. Did Chet say that? Because Chet knows clouds now, right? No, he doesn't mention <laughs> it. It's Al who notices and is like. I thought Chet had a whole book where he learned about He clouds. did learn all about clouds. But mm. the, the things Chet learns never come up again. I was hoping he would have something in this book that we would be useful. how to cook in this book. This he was... knows how to cook. He's been cooking all, all the time. Yeah. They have left Chet at camp. And they say, I hope Chet nails things down at camp because apparently. Oh, Al says he'd better. Haven't you heard? Hurricane warnings have been out like, since last like, night. Tell Chet that. Don't just tell him like, make sure like push down the tent extra hard with your weight and stay there. Like tell him like go to town. Like there's a pack hurricane. Up, pack up your things. Go get it. Go away. They fly up in the air and they convince. Um, they look down. They see the mansions. They see the the pond. They see the little boat that's out in the water. This like spy boat that they spied on earlier. Well, they don't see the harbor. No, they don't see a hidden harbor. But they, but they the said, what would a boat be doing in there in the pond? They see a rowboat going out into the pond. And oh, he's yeah. like, yeah, let's go down and find that man. This is the uh, the 
the seven-page uh, smuggling story. Oh, that's that right. Never gets referenced again. I yeah, liked, I like this. So let's go through this little mystery. Now. Okay, great. Yeah, so they go, they land. Okay. Because they saw the, the man with with a boat, and they are like, "Oh, that's good enough to land a plane for. Let's just go and talk to him." Well, first they ask if um, he can set them down on the ground, and he says apprehensively, he checked the cloudy skies. <laughs> He's oh, okay. Not sure about any of this. Uh, I guess, but when the storm <laughs> hits, it's going to be a honey. Uh, sh- we'll have to get this ship to inner hangar long before that. And they're like, okay, well, we need you to land it now in a hurricane. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, and, but anyway. And then he's know. like, well, I'm a pilot, and I've, you know, spent a lot of time in the sky, but I'll trust these two boys. Yeah, that happens to these they pilots They saved a lot. my unconscious body and then stabilized my plane, and I went back with them for no reason. But, yeah, they land, and then they... They basically, like, are trying to find where that guy was going, and so they kind of, like, go deeper into this, like, really well-described swamp. I like how they describe, like, the, you know, the Spanish moss and mm-hmm. the, hanging, the hanging vines. Joe tastes the water, the swamp water, and he's yeah. like, fresh water. Like, ah, oh, stop tasting Don't... stagnant ponds. Like, the beef broth was a start, but... <laughs> <laughs> Better than beef broth. Yeah, so they, they, like, sneak up on this guy, and he's, like... Capturing ba- baby alligators from and putting a little, them in a bag, putting them in a bag from a little nest under the like, from a little like nest under a, a this swamp tree. That's illegal, Frank commented quietly. Yeah, he's like, that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, yeah, I and he hears them and shoots at them with a goddamn shotgun. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, the next moment, he came up again in a blue shotgun barrel, oh, trained in the Hardy's direction. God. A blast and a puff of gray smoke quick, followed rapidly. Deadly pellets ripped shreds of yeah, the hanging these are moss. deadly pellets. Like they've gotten, they've they've gotten shot at with uh, with like salt before, mm-hmm. and with like pistol guns. Yeah, so this is the first time like someone's pointed a shotgun at them and pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it peppering. So they've been shot at with salt, and now they've been peppered. <laughs> yep, salt. They're they're fully seasoned, ready for Chet. <laughs> <laughs> Frank warned he may have another shell ready. Yeah, um, which of course, it's a gun has more than one shell. You know, smart, like, good job. Smart logic from Frank's work. part here, though. Better let him go if we don't want to get shot. Let's look at the alligator nest. Yeah, which why? Like you know what he was getting from there. You know that there's probably uh, alligators living here. This is yeah, the logic they... of like let's see what he was taking from the alligator nest and like oh, it, 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 it no longer has eggs in it. It's yeah. You're like it's sort of like is that bear is that bear for? cub alone? Is that bear cub abandoned? I'm gonna go check out that bear cub. Well, no, it's like if you saw someone steal a bear cub and you're like, and they like left before the mom came back, and you're like, let's go where that bear cub was. There might still be like maybe I can leave a note for the mom. <laughs> like, and then you know what happens next is the mom comes. back. Yeah, they so. can't find Al West. Um, they get all whole, turned around. This whole chapter, by the way, the whole last. They're always ten five. Pages. Yeah, ten page chapter was called alligator. Alligator. It should have been called plane crash. Yeah, and then the last, like, 20 words is when the alligator comes. My legs! They're caught in some vines! He gasped. Stooping to aid his brother, Frank spotted a sudden movement on the surface of the stream. Then he recognized the snout of an alligator. The angry reptile was swimming straight towards Joe! That's pretty End scene. End scene. So that's the alligator of this entire chapter. Joe... In the next chapter, it starts with Joe trapped, but I wrote Joe, who once killed a wolf with a big rock. <laughs> he did. I remember that. Trapped. Uh, poor wolf. Blanched when he caught sight of the oncoming alligator. And they basically use the same tactic yep. that worked for the wolf. They pick up a huge log. Yeah, four foot long stout log. And then 
uh, Frank just drops it, brings it down as hard as he can on the head of the alligator. The reptile rolled over, its short <laughs> legs flailing yeah, it, helplessly. It, it, those are death throws. Oh, my yeah. God. I feel so bad for this thing. It doesn't know. It's, they, it thought they stole well, his baby. So this in the life of this alligator, let's go over this. So this, like, mama alligator, like, leaves the younglings. They're like, and they're like, I'll be right back. Just got to go get some fish. Mm-hmm. And then comes back. Her eggs are gone. But there's two these... boys are there. Yeah. Duh. She stole the eggs. She gets defensive. They throw a four foot long log on her head and she dies. Yeah. That's this whole story should I would rather read the story of the life of this alligator than yeah. oh. these two psychopathic children. They basically immediately find Al West and he takes off in the hurricane because the storm's arriving ahead of schedule and they're like, We gotta oh, yeah. get back and find Chet. Which like, storms had... don't arrive ahead of schedule. Like <laughs> storms come when, when they when, come. like when the dark cloud comes over your over your head. And yeah. like that's God. when the storm was scheduled. Al is so trusting of these boys. Like, they've lost a boat. They almost <laughs> lost their second boat. And now he's giving them a plane that broke once. It's... Hey, I don't remember them ever taking the other rental boat back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they ever did. What did they do with <laughs> he it? He forgot to tell them. He forgot, he forgot to write in that they returned it. They never see the boat owner again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll buy tackle this time. We'll return it. And they don't. <laughs> they just go fly. They go, they go fly. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I completely, I completely missed that. Like, don't worry. What down. about my last boat? Oh, don't worry. This time we'll return it. Oh, my. And this, there's a hurricane coming in, and he's just like, I'm never seeing that yeah, boat. Yeah, it's probably just tied up somewhere, like by that island that they were spying on the fishing smash, boat. Smash. It's going to get destroyed. Oh, God. Oh, I don't no. know. It drifted off. Poor guy. Um, yeah, so. So, they, they, yeah, they they, uh, they destroy the alligator, kill the, the They go the to mother. find Chet because he's had no warning. They can't find yeah, him. No warning? Like, he, he can see the, the, the sky. They find that their tent is basically, like, wrapped around a tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's, but there's no sign of chat. That's our tent. <laughs> yeah. So they go to the underground passage to Rands, which is the safest place. And, of course, that's where Chet's is. Well, they where... almost missed the seaplane for his fault. Oh, Al, yeah. Al left without them. Yeah. Almost. He was like... I was about to leave without you in the right. alone in the swamp. Uh, you know, which would have been fair. Yeah, um, that would have been, been fine. But, yeah, so they dodge being hit by a giant falling tree. They find Chet, and he's goofing around with Grover and Timmy. That's right, and he's cooking another meal, hasn't Cooking he? another meal. It's meal seven. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing, uh, let's see, bulky comical, he's wearing hat after hat, coat after coat, blanket after blanket, shirt after shirt. This is um, summer vacation in Georgia, and the boys took hats and coats. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Where is this? This is on page 112 when they find Chet, and he's taking off all their clothes, and he's like, I couldn't carry everything, so I decided just to try to wear everything, which seems like it would take longer. Or, like, couldn't you have yeah, just this used is the like, tent this is as a big like monsoon bag? season. I mean, you, you've got... This is a hot But they all brought hats, I guess, in case there was a formal event and they wanted to wear hats. And they criticize. Of course, um, he's like, Chet innocently points to, like, a carton of groceries and, like, so I, I, like, brought everything I could. And Joe, like, needles, which is, like, he says, why didn't you wear the tent, too? We just saw it blow away. So mean. Like, what he, are you going to do with the tent? It's, it blew away in a monsoon. Like, that's what tents do. They just, like, this is just Now you're plop. in a shelter. Hey, yeah, like, how he, lucky he are you? He got your food. He brought your clothes. Yeah, God. but not the tent. God, Chet. They're like, they're like these teenage boys, like, 
as if as if he's like they're like he's like he's like mom <laughs> where's our tent i brought you guys you boys some food and they cooked you a meal mom i want the tent so, yeah they're just very un they just don't appreciate their friend. Why is he their friend? Then Grover has to do this weird, like, old person one-upping thing. Where is that? Uh, that's on 113, where they're like, Chet's like, man, some storm. These boys have probably never experienced a hurricane before. Oh, that's, not, that's not just one-upmanship. That's important for the story. It's it like- is a clue, but it's coached in one of those, like, you know, oh, man, I got a really bad flu this week. I had a flu when I was a girl, <laughs> and I was in bed for three months. The doctors didn't think I would live. Yeah. But, no, this is him. They're like, it, it was some storm. And Grover says, sure, sure, but I guess it, I reckon it's not so bad as the one grandpappy used to tell me about Just when he was a mighty boy. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, which means that his family has definitely worked for the Blackstone since before emancipation. Yeah. Yep, and after, um, which is, you know, not much happened there. Yeah. Nobody the could recognize the place. houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nobody could recognize the, the that, place That's after. the important part. Is that I wrote, um, clue. Right, climate change is real. Yep. They, climate, knew they knew in the 50s. Yep, that storms could change the environment or right. change the, uh, the topography of land. Yeah, it caused an awful, powerful, a lot of damage. Oh, and then this whole interaction with Timmy is so weird. Yeah, Timmy's got something, and they're like, I want whatever Timmy's got. Yeah. Um, he's got something that seems precious to him, and they decide they need to take it from Timmy. And so, <laughs> That's so sad. And he's so shy about it. He's like, he's no, like, I don't Joe want Joe, like, comes, like, come on, I won't, I won't hurt it. Cross my heart. And then he's like, takes it. <laughs> he just tricks him into stealing he's what like, this boy let's has. Let's all take something out of mm-hmm. our pocket that we don't really want. Which, I, like, I, I don't... have an idea. That, yeah, let's, what is that game? That's not a game. It's not a game. Let's all see what's in our pocket. We can each take out one thing we don't really want, and then we can pick which thing we want. And I'm like, I don't really carry stuff in my pockets that I don't want. Like, I want all this yeah. stuff in my pocket. And, like, the boy That's doesn't why see, I put like, it in my pocket. The boy doesn't connect that, like, the boys just looked at, like, what he had, and he put it back in his and pocket said, and like, let's play a game. <laughs> That's so weird. But it's not they, a good idea. What do they offer him, though? Uh, uh, Chet has a chocolate bar and a lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah. And they take Chet's stuff and make him give it to this boy so that they can take the boy's Indian hide <laughs> yeah, scraper. Which is, like, worth a lot. You know, like, that, that kid could have sold that for, like, food and shelter. No. Yeah. Now you have a chocolate bar it's and a the lucky scraper. rabbit's yeah, foot. Yeah, so he trades chocolate and something, like, a, like an animal's foot for... For this awesome, like, Indian hide scraper, you know, this... But now they know that uh, Timmy knows where the Indian artifacts are. And right, he and can Timmy help tells them. him, like, willingly, like, oh, I found it over there, and you got the it now tree. because you got it for me fair and square. Right where it was circled on the map with the words Indian Village labeled on it earlier in the right. book. And for... he asked him, like, are you sure you want to part with these? Like, at least that's nice. He's like, are you sure you want to give these to us? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, give me chocolate. <laughs> and they're like, ha ha, I gotcha. Oh, my gosh, it's so mean. Yeah, they're mean. And then Frank is just like, oh, I found Hidden Harbor. What? He just decides at the end of the chapter that he knows uh, that the yeah, pond yeah. is Hidden Harbor. That's right. Because that storm probably. He, he listened to the words that the, that the other guy said when he was talking, which is what good detective work is. You listen to the words that the other people that are talking say. You don't just sit and like absentmindedly wait for them to shut up so that you can talk, tell about the storm your grandpappy talked about. Which is how, I mean, a lot of people would well, have handled that. that's how found out, so. Yeah, so they find out that, like, the pond yeah, used the to pond be connected Harbor, to the Yeah, the pond is Hidden Harbor, which ocean. is, like, I knew from, like, the start. Yeah. It's the only body of water they were ever around. Yeah, that's the Hidden Harbor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that the storm. They should have guessed that. Storm, the, the, the storm, like, probably revealed the inlet, right? Yeah. That, that's, I think, what it was. Okay. They decide we're going to need our skin diving gear again. And they said they put it in the trunk uh, of the yeah. car. But when they go out to the car, the car is almost completely... Oh, no, they go to go find the car, and, yeah, it's, it's com- like, totally covered 
Things get rushed from here on out. Yeah, uh, yeah, it starts picking up pace pretty quick. But they find that the car is completely like submerged in sand, and they dig it out, and then they clean all of like the spark plugs and the pistons. Yeah, they really do some maintenance time. And they get the car fired up. I don't know. At some point, they overhear they're back on Blackstone's property, and they overhear him shouting at Cutter, being like, "I'm not going to sell my pond to you." Right. And you realize Cutter's trying to buy the land from either one of them. Right. Obviously, and then but then they're like, "Blackstone's up to no good." Yeah, no shit. Because they heard he him shouting. Some club a man. Like, I mean, they obviously suspect him because he, I mean, he clubbed. Yeah, he did club a man. But Cutter like is there, and he's in, in the like he's employing the people that just tried to kill them. But they're like somehow mad at Blackstone after this. They like, mm-hmm. I don't know. After I feel like it really makes them. They're like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Let's follow Blackstone. Right, but they go to the pond with their with their fishing with I mean with their their uh, skin diving skin diving here. equipment. It's an unsuccessful dive. They realize that they like. Need metal detectors, right? And like yeah, and dynamite. Oh no! Wait, is it this? They one? don't. No, they don't need dynamite. They don't need dynamite yet. yet. They they just need some metal detectors. They said they needed to go get a metal detector, and I was like, check for bombs. Remember when that guy wired a bomb to your metal detector, wait, and Chet was in an explosion? A yeah, uh, they went. They accidentally oh, left right. the they metal detector at a like, restaurant. This is heavier than usual. <laughs> yeah. And then they went and picked it up. And then as they were driving, they all jumped out of the car, but Chet got burns all down his back. Yeah, and was in bed really for weeks. And then he stopped talking about metal detectors. But they, that get, was they, his they want to get one again. Like I'm sure that when they said, like, let's get metal detectors, he, like, flinched. <laughs> um, and then Chet's like, let's <clears> go eat. I haven't eaten in ages. And they're like, Chet, who wants to eat when we can spend a profitable hours yeah, looting why, and relics? Why eat when you can loot the dead? And he's like, relics? You can't eat a relic. You can eat the dead, Chet. Um, <laughs> you can eat the desiccants. <laughs> the desiccants. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, there's a stump. That's right. The, the, there's a stump. Mm-hmm. And that's where they find pottery, right. flat, dime-sized, a bird point, a small, fine arrowhead for killing birds. Um, Thanks for the archaeology lesson. Now let's steal everything. Now let's take it all. Let's pocket it. We'll and then they like, let's leave some stuff here because we don't want to take it all. They'll think we faked it. Let's just take enough to prove that we found this site. Right. And maybe some souvenirs. Right. You know. Right. And then, yep, they disturbed the relics. That chapter doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Wait, is their car still full of sand? Is this? No, they cleaned out all the... Oh, no, that's when they get back. That's when they get back. They try to start the sand, and there's a ton of sand in there. They start the sand. And they wipe the spark plugs, check the wiring for short circuits. Right, it's a page of maintenance. Yeah, of course. They update Bart Worth on everything that um, is worth telling him. (laughs) Right. And then... And and they go to the office, and it's, like, hopping, right? Yeah, everyone's 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 at work making a newspaper. It's... Doesn't seem like it was before. But whatever. I thought there was like suddenly going to be some sort of crazy new thing happening there. But yeah, no, it was just a newspaper place. Yep. They told him, you know, they told him about the, they, that they probably found a treasure and that yeah, they that the to, pond. Kind of find it. Everything that's worth listening into. Right? Yeah. Which they, which someone listens. Someone into listens into the whole thing. It's the sort of thing like, don't they like open the door and there's a guy right outside the door? He's like, oh. Yeah, and he's like, hey, I wasn't. I'm gonna go. Yeah, let's see. They leave Chet behind for some reason. I think it's just because he doesn't want to go with them anymore. <laughs> One little thing. He, oh, he just says, like, I'll stay behind and run errands. Like, because, oh, that's right. Because Jenny sent a letter to them or sent a letter to the office saying, like, wanting to meet with them. Oh, right. Right. Like, she can't come. Apparently, she can't come in person, even though, like, but she's the like, town oh, is presumably small. She's, she's like, like, hey, Mr. Worth, also end the Bring the Hardy Boys, but come to this random right. hotel yep. in Sea City. Not a trap. Swear, swear it. I promise, promise. Hashtag not a trap. Hashtag, Hashtag not a back trap. then meant uh, pound key or number. Yeah, yeah. Pound symbol, not a. It's a little, little his- historian lesson for you. Um, pound symbol, not a trap. Not yeah. It's uh, 
Oh, and they go yeah, there. It's and, such a trap. It's yeah, like, they show up and they're they like, just, they oh. All, and they all know, that, but they're still not they're like, cautious. I'm pretty sure it's a trap. And Burtworth is like, I don't know. Maybe it's not a and trap. They didn't, and like, they didn't tell him. They're like, it for sure is a trap. Did they, did they tell him? I don't know. I think they say it's probably a trap. Because he's the one that like gets the butt, you know, the butt end. And they keep telling him to be on guard and mm-hmm. not like not be alone and not go with anybody. And he's like, okay. And they're like, we're going to look around. Just stay out here on this porch and keep watch. And then a man steps out of the hotel and is like, uh, Mr. Worth, there's a call for you inside. And he's like, okay. And he comes inside. Well, hold on. First, they actually go be, – before all this, the reason I was like, wait, don't they know? Is because they went to Jenny's house. Oh, yeah. And, and Jenny's and like, no. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So they, they know 100% now that this is like a trap that's trying to lure them in. And they like – they like take the bait still. They don't just not go. Like, why do they not? Why well, would they call their the police plan, over there? Their plan is to like let's figure out who set this trap by but, like, but not by getting caught. Their plan is they're just gonna like poke around. <laughs> that's right. But it's that but yeah. This Mr. Worth is just like they were called to. That's, they're that's golf, just yeah. Doing, that's just doing the trap. That's doing, doing the what trap. You want. They just do the trap. But Mr. Oh, Worth, knowing call, it's a right. trap, they're like, sir, there's a phone call for you, and he's like, okay, and he gets <laughs> up and he goes inside. <laughs> And they're like, here, it's back in this back room. Pass down these stairs. All right, in this small room. And then they get him on the back of the They get him. So the boys come back out, and they're like, God damn it, where is He's he? He's gone. Oh, he got caught. He got caught. And then they come out, and they're like, well, boys. First like, maybe he went back to the car, and then he's like, no. No. And then the guy comes out, and he's like, boys, there's a phone call for you. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, this guy. And so, who, wait, do we ever understand who this is? Is he just like a – He's a guy who works at the hotel who they later find out has been bribed by the criminals. Right. And then they talk to the hotel owner, and he's like, I don't know. They all left. I'm like, how so much did they like bribe him with he's that he's like, like – they bribed him enough money he was willing to quit his job. To like lure children and yeah, – Lure children he, into – He's jail. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, a, he's, he's an How much money did they did they pay this guy? Because they just said that he's just and a bellman. And if things have gone well and he got murdered, like that's, that's no way to lose your life. It's just to like get paid like $20 to say like there's a phone call for you because he knew. Like, <laughs> he knew it was something bad was going to happen to these teenage boys. Um, Frank and Joe Hardy, telephone call for you in the back hall. It's by the stairs. So they know what's up. They go to take the trap. I love this next scene. And Frank's like, I'll go alone. Because if it's a trap, you can come save me. And they're like, okay, I'll go up the main staircase and look for backstep next to the phone. But it actually works pretty well. Well, they see see that Jed's been... partner, like, around there, too. Yeah, they see Stuart as, like, apparently working at the hotel. They're like, does he work here? Like, the guy's part... the, the, The person that's trying to kill us, his partner, is here for some reason. The antique business must be bad. And you're like... What? I'd kind of like to read some of this awesome action on 133. Oh, right. Let's do it. This is one of my favorite. Um, one of my favorite uh, because it's called Enemy Tactics, but there are none in this chapter. Frank, you know, says he's, he'll take the call. He goes up this, like, dingy hallway uh, with a little tiny window, and he's like, oh, there's, like, an old-time telephone. And he picks up the receiver, and he's, like, going to answer the call. And he, like, realizes that all the, all the doors are closed around him, so it's fine. Watching the door carefully, he reached the telephone. Frank stood listening intently. The old hotel was almost unnaturally quiet. Suddenly, the young sleuth stiffened. From behind the open door came the familiar sound of hoarse, wheezy breathing. Jed, Frank thought. Deliberately, the boy turned his back. At the same time, he grasped the telephone cord in his right hand. His straining ears caught a footfall on the carpet. Whirling, Frank swung the heavy receiver by its cord and caught... The flat-faced man, a smashing blow to the ear. With a cry of pain, the angered thug lurched forward and seized Frank's right arm in an iron grip. Frank immediately sent three chopping left jabs into the fellow's midriff. Nice. 
Now another figure came racing down the dim hallway. Stuart! Got him! He cried, reaching Frank and pinning the boy's arm behind his back. At the same instant, there was a screeching whoop from above. Woo! Both the assailants' heads jerked upward. Joe Hardy had vaulted onto the back stairs banister and slid down full speed, crashing fist feet first against the burly man's chest. Frank wrenched free, landed a stiff uppercut on Stuart's jaw. Uh, fist fight ensues here. Yeah. Uh, I just love, my favorite part is when That Joe like, slides down the banister. That part is great. Classic. But just like when he's like taking the call and pretending to take the call, he hears like... <laughs> <laughs> just like... Just some, he like knows who... Like this guy's the worst spy. Yeah. So, so far so his, his, his repertoire of listening in on people is grabbing ketchup from their table so they notice him. <laughs> Screaming, help me, knocking them out, and then doing nothing about and it. Running to... the wrong boys off the road, probably murdering them. Like, what? <laughs> trying what, what to knife fight them what, in a fun house. What a goon. This guy doesn't know what he's doing, and now he, like, is trying to listen in on Joe, and he can't control his own breathing. Like, he can't just, like, hold his breath for 15 seconds. Go see a doctor. They rescue, they <laughs> escape from all this place. They rescue Bart, and he says, sorry yeah. to get myself Where is he caught. Again? He's, like, tied in, a, in, like, a closet. Yeah, they find him in... Uh, they throw a big hamper of clothes at the bad guy. That's how they get away because they're oh, yeah. all wrapped up in sheets. But they the like hamper his efforts. You could say, "Oh, you didn't have to." Though. <laughs> um, but Bart says, "Sorry to get myself caught like that." But I told my office they could reach me here if I received important phone calls. Oh, my God, don't tell them that. <laughs> so I really fell for it when the bellman uh, paged me. We're so much better off with cell phones. S you, man. Yeah. We told you. You should have just been like, I'll be in in a moment. I'll call them back. Anything. Or just don't tell anyone where you're going. Um, yeah, so they right. find out it was a trick. Um, I wrote, obvious trap is obvious. Yep, I, I think I wrote the exact same thing. Hold on. Let me look, consult my notes. I wrote... Um, so he, he uppercuts. There's like a classic Yakety Sax chase where they're mm-hmm. running between rooms, and I was like playing that, like doing it. Yeah, they're in my like brain. running back and forth. Yeah, in the hallway. Like, like between the rooms mm-hmm. and secret rooms. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they're wearing each other's oh, clothes. That's right. And this is the first time they're like, "Oh, maybe we should go to the police." Yeah. Then they decide to go to the. Well, the last time they went to the police, he just told the person they were accusing. Well, to they returned, the and I wrote that the. Oh, they return back to the hotel, like this, presumably several hours later, and the guys are gone. Which, like, duh. <laughs> But is there no such thing as, like, a warrant? Like, ugh. And the bellman, whom the men had evidently had bribed, had fled. The manager, who doubled as a clerk, had been away during the fracas. Right. Oh, So they, at this point, they know. They haven't... They, 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 they are with the police, but they didn't tell them, like, we saw Mr. Cutter talking about his plans to kill us. Also, we saw the antique dealer. Like, they didn't tell them who these, like, very well-known people around town were. Like, they get away... Because, like, these people get away with a lot after this. Like, yeah. the, the people that, that assaulted just them, would've... that had previously still assaulted them, like, and that they went to the police, they didn't tell, like, they didn't tell the police, like, oh, you know those, that, that antique dealer and the guy that, like, is always around this, like, small, probably thousand-person town? They're they never, tried like, to kill us. They tried to kill us, and, and they're, they're an accomplice with these three people, and we can draw them for you if you want. No. No. Okay, it's time to check in. I, I don't think I have anything really right. new. I'm, I'm going to have a... Oh, a secret passageway. Does he, do they go back to chat? They, like, make sure he's okay in time? No, that's right. So, okay. So yeah, the they first think thing, that... The night, they're, they're good friends. The first thing they think when they, like, come back is, like... Chet's gone. Well, they just tried to kill us. Chet's not in town anymore. Like, he might he might be in danger. Yeah, we should find Chet. But then Chet shows up, and he's like, Oh, sorry, guys. I left my, my post. I just got bored and went to the movies. Which, normally, you'd be like, F you, Chet. <laughs> but uh, in this situation, you're like, No, smart move, buddy. Like, because uh, you were about to be murdered. And it well, said they, you went to the movies. Well, uh, they come back to the to the 
camp first to try to find Chet, and all their stuff is ruined. Their tent yeah, has been their slashed. slashed up. You know, every like every like the tent was in ribbons. They used a knife for that. Like there's like I imagine the sort of thing where they everywhere. like they like took a loaf of bread and like squished yeah. it into a ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it was it, it says a scene of devastation, um, such as that caused by the hurricane met their eyes. These guys were like really tearing through their camp. They were yeah. really mad. They were pissed about this whole thing. Um, but Chet's fine. Yeah, he's fine. And quickly, uh, at, they find out that from little Timmy that Mr. Blackstone, they're back on the property, and Mr. Blackstone has been pulled into the water by the monster. Do you remember that? I thought they see that happen, don't they? Oh, I thought that they just hear, like, um, they hear, help, help? Yeah, Timmy oh, saw lo- that. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It's Grover and Timmy, and they run back and forth, wailing and looking at pan- in panic towards the water. Quick, quick, cried Timmy yeah. as Joe comes up. Some devil just pulled Mr. Blackstone under the water. And which brings us to the underwater prison uh, chapter. Which I don't really under, understand why it was called that. I think it's because, like, the treasure is in a... Oh, okay. Like, yeah, they save Mr. Blackstone immediately. They save him, like, Joe yeah, does. Really fast. And, Aquaman. But, but he was, again, unconscious underwater, and he doesn't have the trick where he can hold his breath till he until blacks he blacks out. Until he out, so, yeah, so he, it's amazing he's, just, he's like, he's okay. a big guy, like, apparently they can just bring him back up. Yep, they pull him up, their lungs bursting, they bear the uh, unconscious man to the surface, and then Chet wades over... To help, and I'm like, Chet, do not make this man drink beef broth. Well, they, well, first they administer artificial respiration, which I love that <laughs> word. Um, you know, they get some with him. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lip action. Mr. Blackstone, yes, like, sputtered like, <laughs> and shoved the boys away from him. Yeah, and he gets really mad. <laughs> get off of me. He's like, oh, this guy who's released their, you know, sound. Like, this, is not a, this is not a good guy. No, they should have probably just let him go down he uh yeah. <laughs> um, like oh well the monster got him but then a bunch of mr blackstone's servants carrying <laughs> flashes blankets and axes and are led by little timmy yep. who rallied the troops i guess they cut some saplings and they make a stretcher and then they carry blackstone back to the house mm-hmm. oh and yeah they, they make a stretcher which couldn't they have just gone and got a stretcher yeah. Also, I don't imagine the house being too far from this pond. Mm-hmm. Just carrying by his shoulders and his feet. It would take me, like, an low hour estimate, even with a team, an hour or two. Yeah. To make, like, a, a stretcher. A that could stretcher. carry a person. Yeah. And this is a big guy. They, they make a stretcher for him. They think that's the priority is to make a, you know, to do a little crafting. Blackstone, uh, he thinks it was Rand. But they know it wasn't Rand because they just saw Rand. Right? Well, it's because he says, like, Rand did it. Rand did it. And they're like, no, he didn't. We saw him right before this happened. He was nowhere near you. Yeah. Um, well, because he sent the note to, like, tell him, like, meet at the pond. We'll talk over our differences. Right, and, and they find like, out that the note's a fake, like all letters from like Rand. Every single letter that they ever Why did they fall for so that? Far. Yeah, it's all been a fake. Um, so they go talk to him, and they confront Rand about it, and he, uh, basically, they're like, somebody tried to drown Mr. Blackstone, and he's like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, 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 I, I don't like the guy. I wouldn't uh I wouldn't yeah. drown him. He's, I mean, he's, he's surprised because he should be. He didn't do it. Yeah, and they said the boys uh, then told of someone locking them in Rand's room. The professor's startled reaction convinced them he had not done it. Yeah, like convinced immediately. What? Yeah, what? Oh, locked that, him that, in that, my house? Well, I guess it oh, wasn't no. you. Like, yeah, he seems We saw you running surprised. away after we locked in the room, but I'm sorry that we concluded to that think you, it was you. think a scoundrel followed me <laughs> in and out of my house. Yeah, so someone was snooping around his house, locked in the door. It was a close shave, Joe murmured. You were fine. Well, he has got a nice sapling stretcher. So they can... tell him they're going to trade him the location of the Indian village. That's right. Which he already knows. For, uh, yeah, but... which he already knows. <laughs> but anyway, they're going to trade him the location of the Indian village <laughs> for 
The, he, he like thinks it over. He's like, "Well, you know where it is, and I don't." And, I and they're don't. like, Can "You imagine them sharing one?" Like, don't don't remind wait, wasn't him. It, wasn't it him? Did we get that? It was, his map. It was yeah. his map. Uh, but they're yeah. like, "Don't don't let him know that we know that he knows." Uh, but then, he, and they're like, "And you have to tell us where the treasure chest is." And he's like, "I'm like, well, he doesn't know." He doesn't but then he's know. like, "I do he know. Doesn't, it's know under a specific cypress like. tree." That's at the mouth of Hidden Harbor. Wait, so he, why did he know that? Did I don't know. He says his grandmother to... told him that it was in a letter. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <What? laughs> so you've been looking He's for been this treasure to his fund, whole life. and you're going to try to fund this archaeological dig, and you know where it is, but you don't go looking for it? He's like, I, I know where the Indian village is. <laughs> I don't go looking for that either. I'm a strange man. <laughs> He's a strange man. Oh, Dr. Rand, you lone uh, bachelor in your abandoned mansion. So Frank swim, dives down to yeah. find it with the metal detector. He Which finds, like, immediately knows where he, like, he's like, oh, that, that one over, over there. And then the metal detector confirms it. Mm-hmm. But the um, Which, do they work underwater? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, wrote, I wrote, like, how do metal detectors work? I was actually really curious. Yeah. I was like, how much circuitry is in there? Like, are they just going right. to jump in and be like, <laughs> <laughs> like in his ears or like even if you get like like, like, at, at like modern power if you get like modern earbuds wet and they like yeah. crackle and they zap you in the ear and you're like oh these are broken gotta throw those yeah. away it's over I'm, here it's also over here ah! it's also over here like, yeah it just, yeah it just sets off they a just don't constant work sound but anyway he finds a wooden chest yep with the metal detector yeah that's right <laughs> and, <laughs> and he can't and then he says, oh, this box must be made out of metal. The box must be made out of cypress easy. wood. Just one word difference. To protect a metal chest. So okay. he thinks it's a double-layered thing. Okay. But he can't move the um, the chest out of where it's trapped under this tree. And then he accidentally gets caught. And then he accidentally cuts his own line. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. And then he's like, he oh, doesn't even need criminals crap. for him to die. He just needs. And then know. he says, and he thinks Joe and the others expecting to stay down for a while. Unless I can signal, they won't come after me until it's too late. Which like that wasn't in their plan. Be like, hey, if someone like if just like what's happened the three previous times we've dived in this pond, <laughs> if, if someone comes after you, you need a way to reach us. There's no like line he can tug or something. No, like. they have this weird plan where he pulls out a white ping pong ball from a pocket that he has. Why and does he have a because it's a plan they worked out it was the plan it's never um but they say it was a trouble signal the hardy boys had worked out but they didn't tell us that so it comes out of nowhere yeah it's uh it's the ready player one thing it's where they're like where where retrospect plans yeah exactly Mm -hmm. where they're like but i weeks ago i planned this so it was fine yeah it's a good thing that uh everything that happens I have figured out. But yeah, already. You, know that. you didn't know that. Um, so that's a great way to tell. He's a compelling holding his narrative. breath again. You know, he, he can probably do it for two to three minutes before he passes out. Yeah. Well, and that's his plan. He, Hold he, my breath till I black out. He's like, boop. So Chet's like, "There's a white bubble," and he's like, "No, that's a ping pong ball." And then they drive in. They dive in. He cuts. Why can't he swim up? Is he stuck? He's stuck. He caught his legs on on the roots and then cut his own airline. On accident with he a knife. He would be really good at swimming underwater <laughs> to, like, really clumsy. Like, getting caught in roots is hard enough because roots are, like, stationary. You know, like, you can see things underwater. Yeah. But also, then to are accident... they opening their eyes in swamp water? <laughs> like, they don't, <laughs> no, they they don't have vision goggles. They, they have, have a diving mask. mask. Yeah. But yeah. then he's, like, kicking around trying to free himself, and he right. accidentally slices or disconnects his own water, his yeah. own airline. Okay. So, Joe gets him out, and they're like, you know what? We can't get this. There's too many roots. 
the boys suggested that they obtain dynamite and return the following day. That's just the worst idea. Like, there's, so there are things called saws that can cut through things underwater. Like, <laughs> come on, a really Patrick. good way to get rid dynamite. of dynamite. <laughs> They say no stores will be it's open because like it's a, Sunday, oh, so this, we'll have to wait till this, Monday this to go car, to the dynamite store. This is a dynamite store. <laughs> okay. The trio decided to enlist the editor's help in obtaining the dynamite. They went to his office and told of their discovery at the pond. Highly excited, Bart was glad to accompany the trio to make the purchase. Anything to retrieve that chest, he exclaimed as they entered Larchmont's only hardware store. Bart made his request to an elderly clerk. Dynamite! Hey! <laughs> the shopkeeper repeated in a loud voice of surprise. Other customers turned to look. One thing we don't have. Just a minute, though. The clerk went to the cellar doorway and shouted down the stairs. Henry! Folks here need some dynamite! Know where they may get some! Uneasily, the Hardys, Chet, and Bart glanced at the curious faces around them. What say? Came a voice from the cellar. Dynamite! <laughs> roared the clerk. Folks here want to do a little blasting. Keep going. Oh, dynamite! Henry <laughs> shouted back. They can get it in Dobbsville. Thanks very much, said, said Bart. And the four hastily left the store. Yeah, that whole interaction. So you think? And Joe's like, and I love Joe says. Well, if anyone in town doesn't know we need dynamite, they will in a few yeah, minutes. So even they realize like that was a lot. That like we've we've gotten eavesdropped before, but that was. Dynamite? Dynamite. What? Say dynamite. Folks here want to do a a little little blasting. Yeah. I like how they, uh, the guy who does sell them the dynamite is like, uh, you you fellas know how to handle this stuff? And Frank just says, uh, Dad taught us about explosives. Oh, are you 18? Uh, I don't know. You don't need a license for high explosives. Like, we just need some. This is before bad things happened, apparently, in the world. And and you boys know how to use dynamite. Sure, yeah, fine. We know how to use dynamite. Did they ask that? Oh, and then he says the name of the chapter. This my yeah. favorite part. He says, "Dangerous cargo." Dangerous cargo says. And Chet. then the Chet name of the chapter them all for giant all of you listeners is "Dangerous cargo." Dangerous cargo. Chet goes and gets gigantic sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's meal number nine. Some submarine sandwiches. Yeah. Maybe that could count. I don't think that counts as a submarine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he does, yeah, that's really great. He does specifically say, and then they're hanging out eating, and then Joe's like, "I smell something burning." I smell a loud, or I hear a loud hissing noise. It's like the classic And they run around to the trunk of the car, and the dynamite has been, like, someone stuck a fuse in it and lit it. I'm just imagining, oh, I mean, there's just, like, there's no other way to imagine this besides, like, the classic Acme dynamite with the fuse in the end. Yeah. And then the guy, rather than getting back into the car, just ran into the woods. Well, okay. Go back. Okay. Um, I think it's one. I, I, I think, I think... They do say submarine sandwiches. I know it's a stretch, but it does say just a submarine. And it's not like, they, they don't just say sandwiches. They do specifically, hold on. They do say not just hearty sandwiches, but he has submarine sandwiches. No. Here's the place for our submarine sandwiches. Yeah. that I I don't have it on my, I mean, I do have a bingo card. Well, I would be willing to say that a, sub, it's, a if, submarine sandwich is a submarine. If it's my last one, then I'll give it to myself, and I'll give myself an asterisk in the Hall of Fame. Great. So they they put the dynamite out. It's fine. Yeah. Nothing bad really yeah, happens. No, that was a, that and was exactly what thirty words of horror. They're like the dynamite, oh my God. and then they're oh like, my God. "Oh no, it's they, fine." You yeah, can just take the fuse. Imagine like standing there, like ah, and then they just like take, take the, the string fuse. out. Yeah. yeah, and it's fine. He yanked the string and he flung it from the car. Aren't as there if better the... ways to light dynamite? Um, yeah. Like with a fuse that doesn't make noise. Um, maybe not. 
at this point. They said it was a crude, it was a string. They just, it was a crude string fuse. Yeah, and I can imagine it was probably raspy breath that did it. It was yeah. failure number eight, <laughs> eight for him. Like, as what they, about, as they, oh, as they, as they on, like, put out serious? the dynamite, they were like, they were like, oh, dang it. Yeah, like, ah. Oh. <laughs> as he runs. I swear this would work. He's running away. He's because he's somewhere nearby, obviously. Gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they uh, say Operation Dynamite's underway. Yeah. And then they go to this place that they know is directly next to an Indian rel- a site yeah, covered in sad. Indian like, relics. They, they, there's like bodies there, you know. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're like, gonna, let's blow of, like, use a saw to get rid of some like tangly branches. They're going to like use a di- like some dynamite, which like might destroy. Like this is like a hundred year old metal and wood box. Like <laughs> yeah, dynamite can blast through mountains. <laughs> Like, hopefully it's fine. Like, but my thing is that they're going to set up the dynamite, and then a lot of co- of corpses from this yeah, Indian gonna, village are just going to yeah, float to the top. And, like, fish corpses, yeah. alligator corpses. Like, there's going to be a lot of detritus. Oh, no. you know? oh it's so but sad. Yeah, this is a bad idea. They do, But it works fine. No, dynamite never works. I mean, dynamite is never a good there idea. There she blows, Joe sang out. A sudden agitation yeah. showed on the water's surface as if a geyser had gushed from below. Okay. And then a bunch of dead trees float up to the top and the... Um, before before they blast it, they like they know a lot about dynamite. So like yeah, they they describe in a whole paragraph longer than the whole fuse situation of like how they like took the blasting cap and put the charge near the base of the tree trunk. Like, but at sufficient distance, not lo- like not too distant to damage yeah. the thing. Like... Where did the, these boys learn about I don't know. Dynamite? Every book has one of these things where I write stupid satellite stuff, stupid weather stuff, stupid dynamite stuff, stupid clockwork <laughs> stuff, stupid, like, I don't care. Why did you waste half of a page yeah, teaching was, me about dynamite? It was a long when time. I know, like, how to clean sand out of a car. <laughs> but, like, I know that this is all wrong. And, like, if I found my car submerged in sand and I dug out all the sand and then tried to wipe off the spark plugs, yeah. it wouldn't start it still. Wouldn't, uh, the things wouldn't go back where they came from. Right. So, okay, so uh, they, they blow it up. You know, the, the roots rise into the sunshine and sink they won't, back. Nobody – Frank's a jerk and won't let anybody open the chest because he actually is smart yeah, enough why to is know. That? His whole thing is, like, if we open it and then bring it as evidence, they will say, well, you put this stuff in the chest. Right. So it's not evidence of piracy because you tampered with it. So they're like, let's let's just go there and to the office and then invite Blackstone down. We'll all open it together. Right. Okay. That makes – yeah, I wrote that. That makes sense to me. And – um, and then Chet has to spend all day at the newspaper office, in, locked in a tiny office room. <laughs> he even says, I don't know yeah. why. They're like, Blackstone, come out here. And he's like, look, I'll, I'll come out tomorrow night. And he's like, at 930. Yeah, and he like <laughs> shouts it probably because yeah. someone hears it. They're like, I'll come here at 930, dynamite. And so they say, a disinterested person will stay at the office until then to guarantee that nobody tampers with the chest. Who's a disinterested person? Their best friend, right? Chet spoke up suspiciously. They grin at him. And he says, oh, no. All day and all night I have to stay in this little office? With this, like, guy who hurt someone, <laughs> you know? And it's like this, he's not a good guy. I mean, he might be, like, not involved a in the murderer, libel. Like, you know, but we saw him knock a man unconscious. Yeah. And they're like, you'll learn the newspaper trade. <laughs> so they go to take Professor Rand to show him where the Indian village that he already knows about is. When they see, yeah, they see Cutter talking to Rand again. He's like, "Sell your oh, land," yeah. and Rand's like, "No, no, no, no." And they didn't warn him. At the, how is Cutter still walking around at this point? <laughs> yeah, did, did, did no one tell the police like, "Hey, oh, and if Cutter. you saw him around town, could you just like get him?" For yeah, us? hold him forty-eight hour hold until we can like, because he keeps trying to do the murdering. And he's still trying to buy the land like legally. He's still like, oh, "Let me buy it from you," because even though I tried to murder these kids, like maybe there's still a good way to do this. Uh, they oh think that Professor Rand, he disappears. They, like, see him get nabbed or something. Oh, he doesn't show up when he's supposed to meet them. 
They think maybe he went down to the like to the pond early. Or he runs away because I think they 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 know Cutter is like a bad guy. Bad yeah, guy. he so runs they, away. They, they chase him down. He's like, yeah. oh, there he's gone. So they think. Oh, like maybe he's they dead. think that he got pulled into the water just Rand, like Blackstone they think is. Rand got pulled. Into yeah, the they water. think that Rand went down to the That's pond right. to and wait then they for say, them. They quote says him say maybe he's dead. Yeah, maybe he's dead. Mm. And they search the pond for his corpse because and then, there's a lot of those in there now. And then all of a sudden the monster fins like rise out yeah. of the water and Joe shrieked. The next moment something struck him on the back of his head and he fell unconscious. So uh, we're, we're in the final we're near chapter. We're the end. We're near this is the last chapter. There's a lot that can happen here because. They uh, they got knocked unconscious again. The monster is there again. They wake up in the cabin of a boat. Yeah, this is a cool scene. Yeah, so they it's wake only up like two ca- pages long, but it's it's cool. Yeah, and they're and Cutter's like taking off the monster costume, yeah. and he's like, "I was the monster." Like, and they're oh, like, you "Yeah, you were in a dinosaur." <laughs> <laughs> no, there are no aquatic dinosaurs. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, there are the plesiosaur." No, the plesiosaur a was a marine reptile. I oh, okay. Earlier, it was more related to diapsids. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so he doesn't say any of they that. They realize they're on the, the fishing boat that was spying on them, and then he says, "And Fra- but Frank says, here's our monster. I thought I smelled rubber when I got when it got me under the water. You smelled the rubber <laughs> under the water. <laughs> I didn't even read that. <laughs> but yeah, they they find out that Cutter was the monster, and they're like, look, you got us tied I up. Thought I smelled rubber. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, I don't care about um, lost American treasures or the Blackstone fortune. Uh, I'm after the main value of the pond. Oh and he's like, you mean you're going to make it a fishing resort? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you that. So he says, I don't care. He's like, he doesn't care about the fortune. He doesn't care about the lost American treasures. Mm-hmm. His, he cares about the main value of the pond to make it a desirable body of water. Yeah. So this is the whole scene that like, that gets me this, this guy, they like, they get the, the, the horse, the raspy guy to like sink the boat. But this guy has already tried to kill them four times. Yeah. Once explosively, twice with a knife, and then once by pushing one out the window. Kill them before you sink the boat. Yeah, he says... Hide the bodies. Like, kill if, them, yeah, kill I, them first. I, I am not a, a, a villainous person, but if I I would do things differently. Yeah, I like, would do things... I me would... as me, like not even me as a villain. Like I would just be like, hey, if I'm like this invested in this plot... And I'm going to kill them. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I, they die. I tried die. to kill them before. Like This is just like round three. Like I'll yeah. just try again. Um, yeah, and then Frank says the classic, well, what he says is, why not tell us your real scheme since we're your prisoners? But he basically says, right. oh, this hey, is, This um, is like the game again. Like, let's take stuff out of your pockets. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but it's Frank just being like, oh, hey, now's about the time in the book where the criminal usually tells us all the stuff. Uh, before we die, would you mind? And, like, Fenton behind the scenes is like, do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, so he tells them the whole plan, all this stupid stuff no. nobody cares about. Yeah, do they even go that much into detail? They just like, yeah. like I was the monster. He's and like, then I made I up my monster. I to frighten away curious intruders instead of like, but like obviously you draw them in because like people are going to be, be like, what was that big fin? fin I hear there's a monster. Yeah, it's just <sighs> see this rope with the weight on both it's ends? So, it's so Scooby-Doo. It's like, it's like B-grade Scooby-Doo and I never thought that was possible. This is the, oh yeah, definitely. He's like, this is the garbage part of him telling like too much information, answering mysteries that aren't really mysteries at this point, things we forgot about. That included you, yeah. Hardys, the night I made my second dive. See this rope with the weights on both ends? That's what I used to drag Blackstone into the water. By the way, I was a printer by trade. I managed to sneak into the records office, composing room, and insert the extra bit into worst story. Thought I'd make Blackstone t- so tired of the pond, he'd get, uh, he'd be glad to sell. And now, I'm on Easy Street. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. So at this point, 
Um, you were a printer. So at this by point, trade. this this is another. Th- <laughs> yeah, like so many wrong. Like just <laughs> this is not true. None of this is true. Uh, <laughs> but this whole plan was was hinging on the fact that like them being scared of the pond would make them sell it. <laughs> but it's really clear at this point that they've already like started to forget about this place. Like they've already started to forget about the pond until like you know a monster e- showed each up. Thought each other was trying to get interested in it, which, which was because of Cutter. So yeah, like, he's the one who made all everybody. Of this, like he caused his own problems. Yeah, he could have. What gone he could out... have done has been like, I'm going to go out in my scuba suit and in black, in yeah, black, no. and like every night go and try to find the treasure, which is like there, really there. clearly there. It's like Hardy Boys found it in one... And then, you know what? Maybe I'll use dynamite. No, no, no. no. I'll use a saw. Just use a saw and just get the treasure. <laughs> and then, he would yeah, have found don't. it in, I'd say, four days of hard work rather so, than like two years of like libel-related conspiracy. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> He's wasting his own life. Everyone in this book is allergic to hard work. No one wants to do it. <laughs> no, this is harder. That's what I'm saying. Like, this yeah, is it is. So it's hard a, much to more do. of a long game. Yes, like he has to like find conspirators and like find people that are willing to work with him. That Pay he pays off. off. Like, where does he get the money? He works as a typist, like at night or something. Well, like, like, he's a printer. Everything is so wrong in his life. Like I feel bad for him. <laughs> I feel like he should get the treasure. I feel like he's just, yeah. He should, I mean, All he oh, wants is he should get the treasure. I'll yeah. say that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he. Uh, yeah, he locks uh, them into the uh, into the sinking boat. Yep. Yeah, first he locks them, and they're like, well, what are they going to do? And then they a motorboat like, pulls up, and they're like, why is there another boat now? And then they hear like <laughs> smashing and ripping sounds, yep. and then the boat starts to fill with water, and they're like, oh, they're sinking the boat we're in. I bet they rented it from that same guy. Yeah, I bet he was very willing to rent it to them once they, he found out who would be in the boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, who just going to take party boys? unconscious okay. party boys out? You know what? Go on. Have fun. Just but, but, please bring the boat back. <laughs> and they're like, we'll do. And they probably will because even the, even criminals are, are like no. nice people they don't know. No, they they sink it. Yeah. So I think that's the, the boat that they sink. There's another illustration here. It looks like a tornado <laughs> turning into an ocean. It says, yeah, with, <laughs> the person got boat. tired of drawing um, the water. The and boat turn- is, is three times as large as, as a man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, a, as a grown man so like it yeah, says they, soon the ocean so I'm, a, I'm imagining this above ground um, enclosure that they're, the room that they're all yeah. they're, they're all locked in which has like four large windows on yeah it. it's easy to get out they someone could in a wetsuit's climbing out of it do they have their wetsuits on I guess, I so. guess they both have their wetsuits but it says soon the ocean was pouring over the gunwales of the sinking boat so uh, peril I guess but yeah they, they grab a big um, like a big metal locker and they smash open the door of the room they're locked in and then professor Rand is like i can't swim and i just thought well then bye like <laughs> i don't know what to tell you yeah that's right but he they can't swim but he's been like going looking for artifacts in a pond yeah he? yeah he definitely um they Man. they they get rubbing alcohol um that they somehow have oh, they is, get, that, is that in the cabin of the yeah ship? a five pound box right. of sugar that is also in the cabin. yep they cover the big chunks of wood oh, this is from the ship. Questionable chemistry number two, I read. Yeah, yeah. questionable chemistry uh, with sugar, and then they saturate them with alcohol, and then they light them on fire, and they light up green, and they just float them out from the from the sinking ship until somebody sees them, and so the coast guard does alcohol, see them. Does sugar burn green? I don't know. Let's just pour alcohol in the water and set it alight. They'd be like, ah! Fuck, fuck! Burn themselves. Mr. Rand lights his Alcohol does not. Is, I mean, I guess they like. Saturated with them with alcohol, but like alcohol spreads. And, and how burns. do they have the time to do all? Well, whatever. Okay. Well, whatever. They, the they police escape. show up. It's green, 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 burning things. It's like Game of Thrones, and then they escape. And then, as they reach the newspaper office, a car speeds up, 
the police are like, get them, and... Wait, the police? Yeah, wait, no, two, <laughs> two men jump from the automobile and grab the Hardys. Police! What? And then Frank and Joe came a familiar voice from behind them. You're oh, you here yeah. and all right, Dad? <laughs> Burst out the astounded brothers as Fenton Hardy stepped forward. It's okay, he said to the officers. These are my sons. So they were gonna arrest the victims? <laughs> what the hell? These police are so incompetent. They like they're like that boat's sinking. There's a signal flare. Stop, you villains! Like you are trapped in a boat. Also, and then like, it had to take their dad, this internationally famous <laughs> detective, to be like, "Don't arrest the children." Who it seems like he rode down with them. And then, and they're like, we have no time to lose. Okay, this is my favorite, one of my favorite things. They say, we have no time to lose, Dad, said Frank. Briefly, he brought his father up to date, which is like, that's that's a 200 pages of exposition there. I mean, briefly, that's going to take, we've been talking okay, for two so hours started, at this point. And it started with a libel suit. And then, uh, okay. And <laughs> well, then, and then there was a big, there was a guy who wanted to get ketchup, but he's, wait, he'll come in later. One second. And then basically everything that we have said to you thus far Minus the stuff that was cut, which is a, probably a lot because we're not very good at talking to human to, to, to the to the ether. And he's like, "Dad, let me get, get you up to date." And then this dad's like, "Okay, yep, let's, okay, great, let's he, do it." And he leads the police to doing things that are actually police worthy. Which I, is like yeah, he does following actually. men that are criminals. <laughs> I do think though that while he was riding down in the back of the police car, he was they were like, "And uh, you're you're out there here to get your boys." Yes, the Hardy Boys, <laughs> right? Hardy Boys, right? And you're you're our prisoner? No, I'm not a prisoner. I'm a detective. Yeah, but luckily, okay, so great, I, great. And then they saw him. They're like Hardy Boys, Hardy Boys. That's oh, what he said. Get them. The boys, those boys, the only boys that are new in town. My and then, and then my favorite thing is that they, I'm really glad they didn't spend five extra minutes catching their dad up because they got there just in time. To yeah, see, like masked men almost killed Chet. Almost killed Chet. Like, and I, they, he was like holding them at gunpoint. So if they had been like, oh, and dad, one more thing, there was a. Uh, <laughs> The treasure, it turns out, we had to get dynamite, and there was a fuse, like, check. Bang! As they hear a bang from the yeah. newspaper offices. <laughs> oh, like I said, <laughs> we didn't have time. That the end of the book. They got away. <laughs> uh, we didn't have time. But no, they, they, they hold everybody up. Yeah. Everyone gets arrested. It's in this one. They open the treasure chest. That's the big thing. They open this treasure chest, finally. And so inside a is a fortune of... Confederate money, yeah. which I thought was an okay twist. That I was like, oh, it's, okay. it's all worthless. But then they're not okay with it just being the treasure was worthless. They're like, no, there actually is a fortune yeah. in old rotted cypress trees that have been <laughs> under the water for 200 years. Which are nowhere else in the state, apparently. There's yeah, like you micro, there's like a micro... A uh, micro ecosystem of dead trees that exist in this like stagnant pond that are that you worth, happen to discover that are worth more than this a, treasure. A huge fortune in valuable wood to persons <laughs> who can get it out and market it. And then Fenton, weirdly, like oh, yeah. Blackstone's like, I don't want to. He's like, I don't want to fund this project. Well, the and end rules here. They like need, they need some uh, they need some things that make sense. But then Fenton Hardy does a weird thing, and I was like, Fenton Hardy's always running the con. They both decide that they don't have the money to to like finance this. Cypress lumber operation. But Fenton has a Jamaican wood smuggler that he knows. My client in Jamaica deals in valuable lumber. He's such a criminal. He'd like to branch out into this country. You know, when people say they have a client in Jamaica, <laughs> yeah, they're exactly. not wood smugglers. Like, you know that, right? Like, Fenton is, Fenton's dealing. Yeah, what kind of crops are you smuggling yeah. into the country in the oh 60s? God. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, so they all agree that it was all worth... The Hidden Harbor Mystery, let me just recap for everyone that was listening... Was 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 rotted wood, dirty old swamp trees, and those dirty old swamp trees <laughs> that was were worth eight or nine attempted murders. 
of teenagers. Because, because Cutter knew this the whole time. He was like, I just want the he swamp like, trees. I just want the swamp trees, but I don't want anyone to know that I, I own the swamp trees. Why didn't he just go to them and be like, look, your uh, swamp is full of valuable lumber. I will finance the lumber yeah. if, you will, if you allow me to access to it, and I'll cut you in. Probably more than he hired those murderers out <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's... Oh, that's the end of the book. book. Um, we'll do another a final check-in with, right. with our bingo. I definitely got Fenton Hardy at the end there. Yeah. If you if submarine completes it, you get the asteroid. I bingo. I I got a submarine, and I'm gonna put that I got bingo. Did they get tied up ever? Um, Did, were they tied up in the boat? They were tied up in the boat. Yeah. Hell yeah. So if you get the submarine bingo, so do I. Okay. Because there was the boys <laughs> get tied up. The boys left Bayport. Fenton Hardy came at the at the very end. Uh, sabotage and the submarine sandwich. I got a submarine sandwich. A minority that was not Phil Cohen or not yeah Phil Cohen or Tony Preto. I got Fenton Hardy. I got a ghost and I got attempted murder. Oh, so you didn't even need the submarine? No, I did. Okay. I, it was my time. So it looks like we both got asterisk bingos, which is uh, you know, it's like a it's like a tie. Yeah, you don't really feel like you won. I feel it's like, like I kissing won. your sister. You know, <laughs> that's what people say. That's the saying about ties. <laughs> Doesn't count. And I'm like that counts, and you should count it in a different box. Than the normal kisses. Yeah, that's the box I don't want to hear you talk about. <laughs> yeah, Patrick, final thoughts? I think I gave my final thought when I said that the Hidden Harbor mystery was Swampwood. Yeah, Swampwood. That, uh, Dirty Rock I really like the book. I, um, I, I was disappointed that the crocodile smuggling ring never really came into fruition. Who was that? I don't know. I think it might have been... Unrelated? Uh, that doesn't seem no, it likely. It might have been like the... the don't they talk about the end? It might have been like the oh, they do talk about the end. It was like the antiques dealer is also dealing uh, crocodiles, but that's not the that's not the mystery apparently. That, that I felt like that never came up again. Yeah, All right, it was really exciting. I was like, ooh, they're they're flying over Bayport. This is gonna be worth it. They're, they saw this smuggling thing. It's All right, thing. well, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have anything coming up in your life? You know what? That's uh, no, because I don't I don't appear in public very often. I, I yeah. have a very reclusive job. I do stuff relating to paleontology and. Well, what? Tell me something exciting about paleontology. Well, yeah. So, there's, I mean, there's always a lot of exciting things in paleontology, especially being out west. But I will be going out to the field, which is always exciting because you get to find dinosaurs, sometimes new ones. So, the last dinosaur they found close to Denver was the, of course, the Thornton Torosaurus, which mm-hmm. is a, you know, the 66 and a half, 67 million year old Triceratops relative that's extremely rare. So, I've been working on preparing the bones of that animal. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Patrick. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so Jess, what do you remember about the book that you read? It was about the Hardy Boys going to the West. The West, yes. And one time, I think the the two boys seemed to work together. Yes. Um, which seems new. There was lots of fat jokes. There were fat jokes about fat that jokes one guy. Fat jokes all over. Chet Morton. Do you remember when they split, when they were chased through that town and they split up? Yes. And we were like, why did they know to split up? And then they got back together. I remember That's that. what I meant. That's what yeah, I meant. Where That's they worked the together. And the, one of them caught himself on the edge of the roof with his oh, fingertips. God. Yes, I remember that. I remember in that one, there was a lot of cowboys. Um, cowboys. Yeah, it was Montana, It's, it's all I think. a blur. Didn't they? I remember that they always had plenty of food. Like, they'd fallen yes, in a river with horses. they fell in a river, and they lost all their supplies except for... And then there was, like, tents, food, fire-making equipment, sleeping bags. All their equipment was fine. It was just fortunate. Yeah, I remember that. I remember a frozen waterfall, but I don't remember why. Yeah. They had to go into a frozen... They get lost in the blizzard. (gasps) 
they kill a wolf. Remember when they killed that wolf? They get surrounded by wolves, um, and then they hit it over the head with the big rock? That's the cover illustration. Yeah. Haunting. The wolves. All right, great. Well, did you listen to your episode? I listened to most of it. Did you listen to any other episodes? The last 10 minutes, or no, not even that long. I missed the end. Um, I listened to Mitch's Mitch's episode. episode is great. Okay. So, Jack, you have read two Hardy Boys books for the show. For the show, yeah. yeah. A lot more as a kid. So, what do you remember about... Do you remember anything... What were the two stories you did? The first one that you did... Oh, God, I don't remember any of them. Uh, <laughs> I forget them as soon as I read them. Yeah, I do this. I do the same thing. Uh, the first story that I read was well the second story was footprints under the window that's right. when we went that's to the we did Puella Silence the Puelas, where we the had the whole thing islands. with Jack Jack Wayne was the pilot the whole time terrible yeah uh, the, the skeleton right was that the yeah, one with the skeleton with the, the, ske- the centipede crawled out of the skeleton's eye I remember that in like a very cartoon like adventure Quest, moment yeah. uh, give me a second and I will remember Parts of the other story. In the other story, there were like missing, missing chums. The missing chums, because their friends were on a boat. Yeah, right? yeah. Guy. Uh, sabotaged, maybe. They were and kidnapped. It was. T- was mm-hmm. I remember at one point Tony Preto rolls his ankle. Yeah, remember they're on a and they have to on like, like an island. They're and they hiking. Have to hi- they're hiking and they have they're hiding from people. There's a bunch of boat theft. That occurs. The missing in that chums. One. I just remember yeah. the crime barn. Well, that that That's was in the old. That was from the original, the 1920s one. Because I, the, I for missing chums, I had both the 20s version and the rewritten version, and they were totally, totally different, different books. Yeah, like they had a they had a crime barn in the back of their Not house, just the lab over yeah, the garage. Exactly. That were that had a boxing ring in the middle of it, and they were like at one point. Uh, at one point, Biff and Tony are like, like sparring. They are like sparring, yeah. And uh, and Chet gets stuck in a window and gets spanked with paddles or something like that. Oh yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, oh, and in that original one, uh, Aunt Gertrude is described totally different. Oh right, because in our and- for, in our version, Aunt Gertrude is a uh, is a thin, shrill woman, unmarried, very clearly unmarried. Yeah, speaks her mind. Yeah, she's described as kind of angular. Yeah, and uh, in uh, in the original book, she's described as very large and rotund. And sort of like I imagine. Do you remember that um, that British sitcom, Keeping Up Appearances? Oh, of course, and Hyacinth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that and I imagine her very much like that. As Hyacinth Bouquet. Yeah, Hyacinth Bouquet, and um, and uh, and she also had a large white cat named Lavinia. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, is there anything you're looking forward to in this next year? Uh, you know, I think I talked about it in other interviews, but like, uh, I love the Nancy Drew stuff. Okay, well, I don't love the Nancy Drew stories, but I like the like. Shifting off to other sides, yeah, and I think it'd be fun to every now and again do like an offshoot episode, like a boxcar, boxcar children, or famous five. We've talked about Bobsy Twins, Encyclopedia Brown. You know, there are a lot of ones out there, so it'd be cool to go out. But I also feel like we're on the cusp of the Hardy Boys like adventure stories. In I've talked about it on the show before. In the way I remember them, the globe trotting, yeah, gad- exactly. Gadgets that and- they're way more Indiana Jones than they are Encyclopedia Brown. So I feel like we're getting there. We're starting to explore exotic locales, and there's starting to be more explosions. Well, my things. hope for the next year is that they go to Europe. Because oh, they haven't gone to Europe, yeah. And I feel like if they could go to Europe, or or what they would probably refer to as the Orient. 
I uh, the I would far uh, east. The far well, the far east is what. Yeah, I guess you could call it that. But I think they would probably call it the, the Orient. Orient, and there would be a lot of Oriental people in it. Well, yeah, because that's who lives there. Yeah. So. Okay, great. Right. Hey, thanks for having me. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna talk to you, Jose. Okay. So, what were you? You, you were raising your finger to. A couple. You were like, it looked like you wanted to chime in there. So, Just uh, on the box, on the paddles. Or yeah, the, well, the uh, boxcar children. Yeah. I I read the boxcar children, but you know, it's, it's funny because after doing the podcast with you, I was like trying to harken back to those like short chapter book stories that yeah. I loved when I was little, and I would love to go back through and reexamine the Animorphs book series. So the other night you were you were doing Great Space Escape and yeah. there was an image on the screen of a woman who was half a cow. She was, or half bear. Half bear, yeah. Half bear. And yeah. I immediately was like, oh, it's like halfway through an animorph. Yeah, book. and you'd, you'd get them and you'd flip them in the corner. You'd flip to the middle of it. Right. Jack and I will sometimes go to thrift stores and if they have animorph books there, we will just open the middle of the books and look at the deformed teenager. <laughs> that's like half corner. badger. Do half... you read the page? It's probably oh, no, like, you know, should. the Bajir or the was that the aliens? Yep. And you have to touch the disc. I was obsessed with, with those the animals. Oh my god! I I who would the, I would love to do an animal. Who was the one that was stuck as a hawk? Tobias. Tobias. I have to be honest with you. I probably will never have children, but I would want to name one of my children Tobias, Tobias specifically because boy. of that. Did he ever get to be a boy again? He does. He he gets a little cheaty run around, and and you know one of the things I. I I really loved about those books is that that it was the I remember the first series of books that I read where the characters seemed real. Like the Hardy Boys seem they're kind of fake. They are, you fake. know. You were talking about fake. their sibling rivalry. A bit. Yeah. So they don't they, they don't have or lack of one. Yeah. And and they're what like a year apart. They're a year apart. They're both boys. First of all, poor. I feel like maybe one of them's Aunt Gertrude's kid. I mean, a year apart. That is a well. Aunt Gertrude time. is Fenton's sister, not. Oh, okay, sister. maybe not. But yeah. but you know, but you Laura. Know I don't know. I don't. Laura judge. had I a kid, judge. and then a year later, she popped out another one. Nine Irish, of those months, she Irish had twins. to be. She had to be. They're called Irish pregnant. twins. No wonder she's on Valium all the time. But I, there's no sibling rivalry to the no. boys. The boys are kind of like the same person. They they have the same exact reactions to every situation. They have the same exact um, ideas. They say that Joe is the impetuous one, but Frank seems as impetuous. They as do the Joe. same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, they it's charge like, you know, in. Yeah, or like somebody shows up and they're like, "This is a clue," and the other one's like, "That's just what I was thinking." And yeah. I'm like. Did the Hardy Boys ever get into debates as to like no, whether or not? I, that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe I should add that to Bingo. Like Hardy Boys fight each other. Just, I don't think that'll disagree. ever happen. The Hardy Boys disagree. The Hardy Boys disagree. I, I don't. That'll be the Bingo killer. I don't think that one put will that ever in the happen. Bingo. Because like even in the one that I Sinister Signpost is the one that I and did. that's coming up soon. And uh, even in that one, there's like a part where the boys get a chance to get in like a super awesome advanced race car and just like race up and down in the yeah. mountains and they have to draw straws right right and and G- if frank wins and and there's like a single and, sentence that's like joe was a little jealous but he was really excited to i don't know do something else if you go and stand like, by the road what like kind of, no that's no not, brother would be like oh, no you cheated i know and then they fight i feel like they would get in fights all the time yeah I mean, me and my sister are, are really, really close. But even, I mean, it's a sibling, right. sibling rivalry is a thing. Is Everybody it? argues. Also, like, they're dating these two girls who are best friends. And, like, what if Frank broke up with Callie Shaw and then decided he wanted to go on a date with Iola Morton? I, I feel like... Joe that, would be like, fine by me, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't think it would matter. And then Chet would be like, no, hold on. But... No That's my sister. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does listen to Chet. No, they so, don't. Poor Chet. 
Hardy Boys Drink Book Podcast is produced by Jack and Charles Webster. It is a part of their network. Our music is provided by Danny Overton, Round 2 Productions, and our graphic design is done by Kristen Hallstrom. Special thanks to Patrick Sullivan for being on the show and to Lowry Beergarten. Also, special thanks to all of our wonderful past hosts over this last year. It's been a lot of fun. Keep checking back and enjoy the next year of the Hardy Boys Drink Book Podcast. Tune in next time for episode 15 of the Hardy Boys Drink Book Podcast, The Sinister Signpost, featuring actor Jose Zuniga. 